Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good Bad Gang podcast. It's the Good Bad Gang crew. <laughs> I say every time I say Good Bad Gang, it's like what's that thing where you have to repeat like Peter Piper, Peter, whatever. You get the point, sure. Yeah, it's your boy Sauce in the building, and it's LD. It's the, when Sauce introduces the podcast, we don't have any problem with um, saying the words right. I introduced it for a whole year, so I don't understand your point. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we took a little break, but here we are. How was your week? It was alright, regular week. Um, or how were your two weeks, whatever, because we have to catch them up. No, yeah, regular, like the um, last weekend, um, went for a social network brunch. So with this group and, you know, to be honest, I've been eyeing them for a while. Yes, I know, because he would not let us, every time he would send their Instagram ads. So, so this was definitely on that one. Yeah, anyway, me, I was just interested about their prices. It was, uh, it looked cheap to me. And it was a buffet. And from what I was seeing on Instagram, it was very enticing. Essentially, if you prepared early, uh, I guess a week before the event, you got like um, uh, 12K for a couple, which is like 6K. So 6K for a buffet to me was kind of, okay, that's kind of a, a good price, right? And I'm looking at what they had, they were showing in their Instagram, canapes, you know, grilled chicken, all this stuff. I'm like, okay. 6k for a buffet it's nice all the other networking and the games all the rest karaoke i wasn't all that interested in it so like you know what i like to go for ones and the first one that they did actually this is the second one was in echo um, hotel for some reason i saw it also i was interested then but i'm like ah, i don't know then the second time I'm like you know let's let's go and um check let's, it let's out go and check it out so to be honest slightly disappointed you know, it's like the buffet selection was not all that great per se, and the good stuff that you liked. I don't know, maybe because I didn't get there early enough, uh, but it was kind of early anyway. The brunch was two to um, we were early two to be to, honest, two to five. We got there at like three, yeah, it was two to five, yeah. So, but anyway, all the good stuff like that, this um, chicken, um set with sesame yeah like chicken yeah, nuggets it was sesame really seed. good, that was good. I took it once the next time it was gone and they no refused more. to refill it <laughs> no more refill. you had your regular rice chicken so it wasn't all that at the end of the day nah. to be fair now that you think about it you got your money's worth because the nice stuff like the expensive stuff they chose not to refill it so Maybe they just put those things on the menu so everybody would like, oh yeah, 6K for this. Because I noticed that it was the really nice things that they didn't refill. Even like the canapes. Did you see any canapes there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So pretty much, you know, people are honest when they say you get what you paid for. And I feel like we got what we paid for. I mean, it that, wasn't 6K that for bad. Buffet is not true. I don't want to get what you paid for. No, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it was yeah. greed. I was going to have have 6K when it was actually 7.5 because... He didn't pay for the what i mean is something. it was great to have thought that all those things would be available throughout yeah. considering the price i don't know about that so how much is um Charlton breakfast Charlton does not advertise the uh, canapes and sesame chicken and all of that but by the way Charlton's breakfast is actually really good you can ask anybody that's what i'm saying i say how much in price mm, i think it's seven five uh-huh. took down we paid the selection there's more than what we're eating here now selection oh. where in um selection assurance is more than what we saw at um, this social brunch yeah yeah yeah. breakfast is, no but that. breakfast is different this was brunch i don't know you can't come apples and oranges you're always saying apples and oranges bro so this is apple you're comparing yeah, apples and oranges i don't know, know. know it was not anyway I, i'm glad i went to us I, I always have wondered whether i was missing out on this fantastic and have made deal. it seem like it was me that made me start on it so thank god you went and it was okay i guess the networking part of it didn't really well, I guess it depends on who you are, because I might have gotten one of the girls on my table a gig, but fingers crossed. So I guess for her, she say, oh, the networking part worked out well. But it was okay. I mean, the girls we met were pretty decent. The one said she does Northern Beauty or something, and then the other one, she's a, f- she's a food person. I got this and uh, how do they call it? These people that cook for like parties and she's things like that. Yeah. No, because she said she's not a fancy caterer. That's why I'm looking for the word. I know the word I'm looking for. Like Yoruba people will know what I mean. Like typical Yoruba people who listen to this podcast. But yeah, so she's not like the fancy caterer type thing. I, I can, my, my mom always says the word, but I can't remember it right now. But yeah, I mean, it was decent. 
the dj wasn't that great yeah like this dj is like his um his mix was from 1996 or something i feel like, like he had a mixtape and he was just playing understand, nothing as in what lagos now how do you have a gig where you don't play a maca or yeah by burner boy or like it was just very he was playing i mean i'm a lover of old school music but this guy just it wasn't funny enough it wasn't like old old school this music old school. It was I'm just saying <laughs> this like somebody's playing his mix yeah, um, when, exactly. when all the drums in 2006 yeah, you know, so it, wasn't like, or something. it wasn't even like it was i don't know it was he was throwing it back it was just yeah exactly stuck on his old mixtape or yeah. something yeah and then i know they tried to do karaoke before we left and they were trying to set it up boy i feel i had i mean i ended up speaking to one of the organizers and i just told her my thoughts and she kind of agreed with me so maybe the next one would be your thoughts were what i told her that depending on what her main aim is for she might have to readjust like if the main aim is just for people to come and eat then fine spot on you know people else but like if she's actually trying to make it a difference and say oh networking then she has to be intentional about how people network not some host just saying oh your future husband might be beside you oh your future business partner might be beside you talk, talk to the person beside you and talk no you have to be intentional like create an avenue where literally the people sitting beside each other are forced to turn each other to turn to each other and talk or you know games that breed um teamwork and things like that so and, and she agreed she was like yeah because people are only talking to like people that they came with i'm like exactly because no intentional avenue was created for that and then i noticed that her business partner was only concerned about her social media because she'll go from table to table she'll start off with trying to act as if she you know she's trying to find out if you're having a good time she'll be like oh hi i hope you're having fun and next thing she'll be like are you following us on social media follow us on instagram i will know if you're lying no oh yeah open your phone i'm just like girl breathe so it's just one of those things where they wanted a lot of followers so that they can yeah but that's, that, that, that's because this is this is at least i found out about them on social media so how they how they're growing their brand is obviously off social media off instagram mm. right so but I'm uh, forgetting that the word of mouth is also really powerful too. Because this I had a great time or whatever it is. I was speaking all, you know, good stuff about it now. That I've been telling people for the next one that they're having in November, right? But now, yeah. I'm not going to start spreading the word on this stuff. And the problem I mean, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I'm not going for uh, another one. To be honest, I feel like a lot of people probably even share that sentiments. Because even when she was saying, oh, follow us on social media. Or you can win a free ticket to the next one. Everybody's just like yeah well at least the people on my table anyway and then the sun that day it was just a mix of different yeah that's things. what happened too man was, that, uh, the, the, the outdoor brunch thing with the sun out and you know, sweating and you know sun is hitting your face it just didn't work it right? didn't work this didn't work i found it better or maybe that i started a little bit later because they, what they did was that the, the obviously they closed the food at um, five mm, to so, start the other stuff. Yeah, so you know if the whole event maybe should have started at four or something like that when the sun has gone down, you could have eaten you know from you know four to six or whatever it is. It was just very uncomfortable yeah, and so, it wasn't. Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't the best venue. Yeah, it wasn't the best event finish, but maybe they'll get better with time. But we won't be there to know. Yeah, one event that looked lit was the. Um, Bonner boy at O2 Arena. Yeah, Bonner boy is my boo. So yeah, so at least I'm sure if you're on social media, everybody has seen the clip of where essentially you know the start that he's saying yay, and essentially he's he's silent for like a minute, right? And everybody in the crowd is just like you know. My boo. Everybody in the crowd essentially just singing the song, and he's just there like you know like his MG or something, just soaking in the. The love so it was pretty lit it was good it was good and, guys and you got me thinking like how come bonner boy is like is not on top of the hip right you have all the whiz kids the video and everything how come bonner boy is like not the number one guy so i just like to say here that first of all this is an aside but if i was in that o2 arena i would have been one of those people rapping the whole song i literally know the lyrics of the song and i might have just disgraced my family in that place because bernard boy is just everything and more i have been a bernard boy since he well, I will not lie and say I was one of his underground followers or whatever, whatever. But when I heard his first hit, Like to Party, I'm like, this guy is onto something. I don't know how many of you guys know it. I remember it perfectly because it was the time that I had moved back to Nigeria. So, you know, every time I hear that song, I remember how I was still trying to transition between being an Obodo Imbogo and Nigerian girl. But, like, 
Anyway, so like I always just felt like Brenda Boy was a star and he had star qualities. And I remember shout out to Cookie. She <laughs> used to date Brenda Boy. So like it was just so amazing to just see Brenna Boy grow over the years to what he is now. But I've said it on this podcast before and I'll say it again. Brenna Boy needs to just fix up and stop getting into trouble. I mean, from being deported from London. This was why this was also exciting because I think there was a time when he was deported from London and then he could not go back there for a while. So, you know, to come back and sell out the O2, it was really good. But he needs to stop getting into trouble. Brenna Boy is like a disturbed superstar. I don't know who to compare him to. He has everything it takes to be great, but he just won't fix up. Like, just he needs to sit down, be like, "Is this what I really want?" And I mean, I know that he's influenced heavily by Fela because his granddad was Fela's manager. I guess we all know that Fela was also like a very troubled, well, not troubled, but he was different in a sort of way so if he's trying to follow in fella's footsteps he also needs to sit down and kind of look at how fella did it i mean brian boy just needs to stop getting into trouble because the things that he does the the strides he's able to make you know i was saying it the other time on the podcast i was like you know he was on lily allen's song and while lily allen might not be huge again she's still in that grime london scene and for him to have gotten on that even there was a time where there was an argument about how he was meant to be on drake's album and i remember on the radio nigerians were bashing him that drake and shit for taking Brenner boy's um song off his album but Brenner boy just really needs to fix up be good be on the right side of the law and i feel like he'll be so much more bigger and then also one thing is i'm not sure but maybe brother boy doesn't put in as much effort into i mean he still has fans whether he does it or not he will still have his fans but you know how like sometimes they whiskey and they will try to relate with their fans on like a i don't know how to explain it they shall try to relate to them do you get what i'm saying try to talk to them once in a while twitter them personally not just like generic you know i don't i don't see brother boy doing that a lot but like i said i don't think this even matters because this guy has fans like stands and yeah, there are two people them. I feel that should be on, at the top of this thing, Techno and Burner Boy, but for some reason, because I, I just realized, I didn't know before that it was Techno that actually wrote and produced them, that the videos hit if. Yeah. Right? And even the other one, I think, even Fire, right? Is it one that produced Fire too? I'm not sure about Fire. I'm so, not sure. Yeah, so it's. So, so but um, Techno actually has so, produced quite a lot of hits for really, other people. Really talented guy. Yeah, really he's talented very guy. talented. Even that's why sometimes you hear some songs in the industry and they kind of sound similar. I just know that techno is like behind it. You know how like back in the day you could tell the Timbaland beat or a Neptune's beat. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, With techno, counts. yeah, it's almost the same thing. So, but I mean, it was, it maybe was, it's a situation of their time will come. <laughs> I don't know. Well, t- techno is big already. Bonaboy is bigger. I'm just saying. Well, what I mean why by I mean like bigger. Top, yeah, that's what I mean. Like why they're not the top of the yeah top of because. The power. Brenner Boy is everything, y'all. Just. Here, this one that Nigeria is said to be the um, poverty world um, capital and um, world poverty capital for a generation. I didn't hear you were telling me about it when I got here, so speak on it. I'd like to speak on it is literally Nigeria is said to be the world poverty capital for a generation. We we surpassed um, India right for the the largest population of people in extreme um, poverty. So you know it it is what it is. For a generation essentially means you know if somebody is born today the next 18 years we're going to be exactly where we are right wait but a generation is how many years a generation is people your age essentially right i so thought it was like 10 years within a 10-year bracket is that what that, yeah generation is like a 10-year bracket or so i don't know i don't know i don't know how the generation thing works but yeah i think it is a 10-year bracket 
Anyway, I'll Google that later. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, whatever. But my point is this. My point is this. A generation is the amount of people at the same time, right? Mm, so a generation yeah. is the amount of maybe 20 to 30 year olds mm. living, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or 20 to 35. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. yeah, whatever. So if my point is that if those people are born today, mm. when they are, te- you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I was just trying to mess with you. No, mess with me. I'm, 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 I'm sure there's a. F- no, there's a year. There's a year range. You that. And depending on the. Have you googled it? Okay, so here's what I know, and I'll google it now. There's a year range, but not every generation has the same year range. Just so in the sense just, that. Just google it and I'm going to say it so that I can be when I google it, I can know that I was right. So like, let's say gen- yeah, generation yeah, yeah. X would have been maybe ten years, then generation Y would maybe be fifteen years. That's because different things predict like different generations. You get what I'm saying? You have like the baby boomers, you have that kind of thing. So now let's Google it. Generation year range. Anyway, so it's like um, ah, ah, you not let me to find it. No, you Google. I, I, okay. this, is, this, is, this is an audio medium, but yeah. probably going to be a, um, quiet. Oh, yeah, carry on, as carry on, 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 carry on. I found it though. The number of birth years that a generation includes can vary. I was right. Millennials span a sixteen-year range according to Pew. Generation. So yeah, different ages for. I mean, different year. What's it called for? Just read what it is. Yeah, I just finished telling you now. I said it can vary. For instance, millennials span a sixteen-year range according to Pew. And then I'm reading other things. You know, youngest age today for Generation X is thirty-nine. For Xennials is thirty-three. So that means between Xennials and the baby bust is what six years. So it just differs. That's what they're trying to say. And what I said. I don't know. It's uh, sorry, guys. I will Google it later and give you guys a better answer to what. So uh, just he's <laughs> losing. To whatever. So anyway, like I said, eighteen years or whatever. I was saying before you interrupted me. And decided to be educative. Yeah, not educated. Uh-huh. But anyway, I think it's old news that Nigerians are in, were in extreme poverty and were at the top of the list. I'm not pointing Jesus name. See, that's the problem. <laughs> we don't face our reality. <laughs> We don't face our reality. Say at no point. Just, we don't face our reality, man. We have the. We say we have more people in extreme poverty than any other country in the world. That that is not about a Jesus name. I'm not poor. It's uh, the reality, and it's about. It, is it? Uh, this is only telling us it's not going to happen in a long time where we're not be able to get out. I mean, it's cool. You already know you're poor and shit, so that's fine. You know. I'm just but saying. I think that, that doesn't even make any sense. I think every Nigerian said. already knows that we are in extreme. No, what I'm saying is this shouldn't even be news. We we should have seen this coming. In fact, I don't know if I sent you an article about how the World Bank is warning Nigeria about um debt or whatever it is. We are in a lot of trouble in this country, and honestly, it's just very worrying because you you continue to see that things continue to get more expensive meanwhile nothing is getting better any capacities any capacity is not getting better everything is just it just seems like everything is getting worse to be honest so sometimes you see these things in the news and i mean like this india thing even i thought it came out like about three months ago about us surpassing um india as yeah the, what's it called i didn't even know about this generation but like i said you're the first person um telling me but i know that the imf this week warned nigeria of a debt crisis and begged us to diversify so honestly nigeria is in trouble something we knew something we hoped that we would our dear government will end up sorting out but here we are just getting worse every day um, anyway um this guy was in lagos um what they call it? humans of new york Right? How they call it? Humans yes, humans of NY. Thing. So I'll let you like kind of t- tell people what it is because you follow and you're the one that f- used to send me um, um, Instagram posts from time to time. So if you can break it so down. So I'll just like exactly to say that um, humans of NY, he's a photojournalist who like walks. So what he did was, he I can't remember what he used to do. He used to have this job and then he quit his job. And then he started taking pictures of people in New York and literally find a way for them to say something about themselves i don't know if what i said just made sense but he would do like street portraits and then interview them 
and as time you know he'll put it on social media obviously as time went on he started gaining a following and everything he's he's like eight years old now because he started in 2010 so he would just probably like he would see you on the road he would take pictures because he just felt like you know we're walking amongst different people every day we don't even know what everyone is going through things like that so um I think he tried it once with a woman. I think that was how he started. He got a quote from her and he realized, oh, I like this. And then he developed it into full interviews. So at first, he used to be just in New York. Then he started expanding to different places in America, from different places in America to different countries. And now he's been to God knows how many countries all over the world. He has like 8.2 followers on Instagram. And he's even credited as being one of the 30 people under 30 changing the world because honestly what he's doing is so amazing and obviously when he started this because he was documenting the lives of different people people would now ask funny enough he just said it as a joke people would ask oh my god how can we help this person blah 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 you know i i also like his page because it helps you realize that human beings do have a nice side to them people were asking how can we help this 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 so he set up like a fund i don't know how to pronounce this i'm not going to embarrass my parents here he set up a fund like a GoFundMe type thing where people would put money and then he would now use it to help these people that he was interviewing. So what started out as something so little has turned into a phenomenon. So he travels to different places, he'll interview you and he will funny enough, he will not like you know how sometimes you will give someone the money but you're not sure if they will use it the way they should right he would actually so if you had a school that you wanted to go to he would go to the school and pay for like maybe a year or two things like that i mean there was somebody that went through a lot with her family and he paid for like 10 sessions of therapy and told her that after 10 sessions of therapy if she feels like therapy is helping her then they will look into buying her more sessions so apart from just taking pictures of people and getting quotes and hearing their life stories he's also changing their lives he's so it's not it's not like uh he's not taking not, advantage not, of them poverty porn. yeah exactly it's not poverty porn and um you know people who are contributing towards these things they get to also follow up and see how their money is changing lives he's been to nigeria he's currently in ghana he's been to egypt he's been to a lot of countries um i can't remember how many countries right now but i'll check and you know let you guys know but yeah it's it's just really amazing yeah, you can follow him on doing. instagram yeah you can follow him on instagram anyway, so he, he even interviewed obama that's how huge he became i think like obama is a fan of him he also co- covered the european migrant crisis because obviously as he be- became bigger you know people up there started like noticing him and things like that so he's even covered like the war in the middle east things like that like i, I think there was a time he went to libya if i'm right because i've been following him for a time so he's just yeah okay so focusing on at least what most people and what we know him from which is the instagram page i think mm-hmm. he posts the same thing on twitter if i'm not yeah wrong. facebook facebook and obviously he came to nigeria and mm-hmm. even before he came i know people were really excited or at least some people that follow him we're excited that i wanted to meet him so he was bad. coming to lagos and people were already anticipating the stories that he was going to uncover and tell or whatever however you want to put it i want to talk about this thing maybe like two weeks ago but you advised him which was a good advice in hindsight which was like let's let him finish all his posts in um guys in, please let's let me finish what i'm saying guys i i need to say this we need to remember that so said my advice was good that's all that matters here <laughs> okay <laughs> Anyway, so and in hindsight, it was good to, to, to let the whole series in Lagos wrap first before kind of discussing it. Because now, obviously, there was some quote-unquote controversy with, with it. But I don't know. It, I guess it's just people's opinion of it. Some people felt, you know, the stories weren't interesting enough, wasn't fascinating enough, Right. Some people felt, you know, he didn't show Lagos as he should, or the stories were not, you know. So people had their opinions of it, and obviously you have the counter people who said he's everything, 
it should have been. But to you, what, what, how did you feel the story? You told about 20 stories, I would guess. Yeah, you take I think they're about, yeah. No, about 2019. So what, what, what would you say? So first of all, I think because I've been following him for a long time, because it also depends on how long you've been following him. Yeah, so that's it what I'm asking you first. So wait, it, can, so can I finish? Can I, context. can I finish? So like I said, because I've been following him for a long time, it wasn't, the stories that he put out in Lagos were not surprising. Honestly, I was expecting worse. I was actually expecting worse. Like when he put out the Facebook posting that he was coming to Lagos and he was looking for people to help him translate and you know be a tour guide in my head i was thinking first of all how is he going to get Lagosians to open up second of all the stories that are going to come out of lagos are going to be brutal but one thing about him is he doesn't focus on just hearing like brutal stories do you get what i'm saying if you followed the lagos you would see that there were some people who were telling great stories about how they made it and things like that so i think it was fine but i felt like some people who were also complaining on twitter are not serious and this is what happens when you follow a page just for the hype i saw some people saying things like how is it that an american will come to lagos and start telling our stories or how how is it that an american is the first person and i'm like since humans of new york opened there have been how do they call those things copycats accounts there's humans of delhi there's humans of london we have humans of nigeria we have humans of borno state we have humans of lagos we have like so people have actually been telling stories and i follow most of them especially the humans of borno because those stories are honestly very sad but obviously because they don't have the same type of platform that humans of ny has it, it, it hasn't blown to what it should be but honestly i thought his stories were fine he showed the good the bad the ugly and he showed a, a maybe not well-rounded but i was not surprised when he ended up touching on his sad story because i knew that there was no way he would leave this country let, without let, touching. Let, me, let me read somebody's um opinion which was one of the said these stories are boring because they are not compelling not because of the poverty the stories of wallowing in this in this situation the stories from egypt were so strong and admirable so people are not saying that at least some people it's not about him touching all the poverty some people were just like I think that Nigerians are very desensitized to their own. It's this same country that someone will have an accident and all of us will bring out our phones and be taking pictures. But in another country, when you see some, when you see some, the exact same thing, people will be like, oh my God. I mean, isn't this what we say on the podcast all the time about how people are getting killed in just and everybody's just like, but when you hear about thousands slaughtered in America, black person um, killed, everybody's like, oh my God, what is going on in America? Everything on the outside always seems worse, more compelling, more this than what is going on in Nigeria. And that is actually a good... With all the, how many times on this podcast have you said, oh, there was a killing in just today. People, they, they're not even talking about it on the news. So I feel like Nigerians are very desensitized to their own. Yeah, I think that's the... That is just longer so, short so of it. me reading every story, I'm not going to go the route, it's not compelling and everything. But to be honest, like I said, it was good for me to finish the whole thing first because... After I read the first two or three before he finished his whole series of posts, I was already like, eh, there was nothing in there before. These are stories that you've heard a hundred times. These are some stories that you've probably experienced. Thank you. You so, said thank you. Exactly. So for you, it was but did you read through the comments from foreigners? I'm not reading. I'm not, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not talking about what foreigners think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because for Nigerians, we're used to hearing these things. I'm sure in Egypt too, there were Egyptians who thought, "Oh God, we hear these stories all the time." Moving on. Like I was saying, my point was, my point is, I used to read it, and I also got the same feeling. Where I was saying, "Nah, I'm not sure." Like I said, it was good as we waited and read the whole thing, then piecing it together it uh, made more sense like you're saying it's correct a lot of it's because like i just said a lot of us we've heard worse we've seen worse um either personally by proxy or whatever so the stories do not hit so now that's a story of on his own in a way that how we are um desensitized to most of the things that we see around us how maybe some of us have lost our empathy and um and feeling and because of how so much that we see so much that we experience in a daily basis that we are now numb to it so when that when people were criticizing that person and kind of chastising that person 
um, like maybe we shouldn't really be criticizing the person that much, but instead look at it as a reflection of the society itself that we are numb to these stories. These stories are nothing new. If you go tell people, they'll tell you worse stories and more crazier stories and and whatever. To to that this when you read it is nothing. It's not like a wow. Like I said, maybe I don't know. I I typically don't read comments and all this stuff. I like to have my own opinions and take it as evidence to influence what other other people think. Wait, about wait, things. wait, wait. What? Guys, I'm going to read a WhatsApp message that so sent to me about how you should read other people's posts or comments because they can help you to see how things in a different uh, light. I understand. Hey, Jesus. I, 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 am, I am really, I am really tired. Tell me, Mary, mother, Jesus. I am, I am really tired. Please continue. I, I sent you a post about reading <laughs> books continue. and about reading books and articles. Please continue. So, but but but. Books are wait, an article is what somebody's opinion, which is what I said. It's not comment on that, it's <laughs> not comment, my goodness. What an opinion how, be how, a comment how, how, how is this so hard to understand? Let's go back to humans of anyway because I don't understand. You are so full of it. Oh my god, but let's let's carry on to humans of anyway, please. Let's just carry on. So, yeah, you know what, desensitized that's what it is. But shout out to those girls who talked about businesses that they started things like that due to the deficit that they saw in society helped to I, and there were some people whose stories were stories of love like the guy who would give out his gala to everyone for free so despite the fact that 80 percent was about poverty or abuse or whatever there were some shining stories and some of these stories made me happy because it showed that nigerians are at the core of it amazing people despite what the world might think so yeah which was your favorite? I think my um, the post I enjoyed the most was um, the lady on religion. Um, what about you? I feel like it was unfair to try and ask me to pick one. But I liked the one about um, the guy who was who is trying to help other people is, is, is that was that exactly i don't even know how to yeah he's trying to help other people he would be like do you want to be like this person on the street selling drugs blah 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 because i thought it was very nice to see that even though we don't hear these things on the news there are people who actually let me read it out it says when i was the age of this boy if you know humans of ny they take like portraits and so you can see the boy in the picture he's like when i was the age of this boy my father had a stroke my family used all our savings to take care of him and after we'd spent everything, my father gave up the ghost. We were left in a desperate situation. There was no money left. There were six of us living in a single room. I was only in the fifth grade, but I had to go to work. I carried oranges on my head and I sold them in the street. Then one day, I met the owner of a print shop. He was a friend of my brother. He fed me every afternoon and he began to teach me his profession. He told me, never view yourself as having nothing. And he showed me that I could change my life with skills alone. Now I have my own shop and anyone who has an interest, I will teach them. I've taught 14 boys already. This boy has stopped going to school, but we can't allow him to be idle. We must keep him busy because there's criminality all around us. Every day we see drug dealers walk by. I point to them and I ask, do you want to be like them or do you want to be like me? Like, like I said, one of the reasons why I liked I waited for him to finish the series on Lagos because when you read all the posts, you understood what he did and he kind of picked on fundamental things when it comes to Lagos. He had posts on religion. He had posts on essentially like police brutality, SARS essentially, right? He obviously had posts on poverty. He had posts on education. He had posts on Yahoo Boys, right? So He, he had posts on molestation. He so, had posts on assault. So, so it kind of covered the kind of things you see daily in Nigeria, so which was a good thing f- um, to know before you, you know, make any judgments and look at it, what he did holistically. So this was one I said was my favorite. Um, in my church, you're either Christian or possessed by demons. We have services four times per week. Luckily, zoning out looks a lot like praying. I'm not saying that I don't believe any of it. I just have a lot of questions that nobody will answer. Whenever I ask a hard question, they show me a Bible code that says I shouldn't ask questions. It doesn't make sense to me. I think I'm becoming a nihilist. Honestly, 
I don't see any reason why people should be born. You exist, then you strive to attain something to make sense of your existence, and then you don't exist anymore. Can we cut out some of those steps? It's just too much work. I didn't sign up for this. And when you finally die, instead of everything stopping, you have to become conscious again. Heaven doesn't sound that great. Supposedly, there's a lot of singing and trumpets. That sounds exhausting. I'd rather be sleeping. Lagos, Nigeria. So that's really caught me. And it, it speaks to the, even though people look at it in religion angle, but it speaks to the angst. It speaks to the tiredness and suffering and, and the exhaustion living in Lagos and life in general. And, you know, sometimes the religion is about the hope you know, hope for a better place. It's almost like, okay, you bear and green it and you suffer through this place and you go to the next place and, you know, when you're in suffering, maybe singing and trumpets and dancing for eternity might not sound all that fun, as religious as they might sound to somebody. Some people just want to put their head down and just sleep and sleep forever, so to speak. And the exhaustion that, you know, that she feels as I read it, I actually feel her exhaustion and her tiredness and just, you know, that is, is just like fellas say, suffer, suffer for work, you know, enjoy for heaven. That's essentially, that's really sentiment, suffer, suffer for it, enjoy for heaven. So it's really that sentiment. So to me, that was the, that was the one that resonated most with me and it really wrapped Lagos anyway, you know, going to church four times. So that's just the religiousness of the city and, you know, obviously with religion, take it by faith and stuff. So to me, that was really powerful. You know, that really captured Lagos. And it was a really, um, really interesting story for somebody to speak out about religion that way. And, and, that, and the person still goes to church, which is interesting, right? Another one which I, well, I liked most of them, but I want to use this to talk about people on Twitter who are... I'm supposed to speak just one. Anyway, I so go ahead. I like this one because I'm speak my brothers and I discussed it. So it says my father died young, but my mother was well to do. I was an only child and she took care of me well. She promised me at a young age that she'd send me to Oxford University. So I studied hard. My best subject was English. I wanted to be a lecturer, but my mother passed away the same year that I graduated high school. She'd been sick for so long. Our assets were depleted from the hospital bills. There were no jobs in our village, so I came to the city looking for greener pastures. I taught myself to sew, and now I make men's suits. I'm not, it's not the type of work I wanted to do. I'm tired all the time. Business is slow. Life is expensive. It's frustrating when you work 12 hours a day and can't even feed your family well. We don't have a television. We don't have a radio. Because everything I have left, I spend on their school. They are good students. I encourage them to study hard. I always tell them to focus because I want them to go far. And anything I can remember from school, I teach them myself. I remember my brothers and I discussed this and I'm like, you know, a, a, a reoccurring theme usually in life is that you want to be able to give your children better than what your parents gave you. This is a guy from a well-to-do family. And honestly, the story hits you more when you see the picture of the guy because you can see that he has nothing now so to have come from a well-to-do family but because of circumstances i mean he had dreams of going to oxford and then all of a sudden all he has i don't know if you if you're in lagos you're familiar with all these people who have their sewing machines at the side of the road a little shop i mean i even use one of them you know um and he he's just struggling to make ends meet he doesn't even own a radio all he knows is that he wants to you know train his children and I remember there was a fraction of Twitter too that was complaining about how humans of NY showed mostly poverty. This is what, not what Lagos is about. This, 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 this. And I remember somebody said, middle class people just here stunting on Twitter like they are not a medical bill away from the same position with these guys. And you know, this post struck me. Anything can happen. This is literally a medical bill away. Like they were rich and all of a sudden, honestly, and this post just reminded me about how fickle things are you could have everything today and then tomorrow shit happens and all you have are memories of how you used to live in a nice house and now you're living like on the streets and i just need people to be more sensitive like to what is going on in this country things are a mess but just because you can afford to drive a nice ass car and 
buy internet or watch DSTV. Doesn't mean that yeah, I'm not. Somebody tweeted. Um, let me credit person at Gelish Lava. Oh, I know that person. Say, forget our packaging. A lot of us are actually very, very broke. We are. So it's so 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 that's the kind of what you're saying. Like I said, everybody is one lost job, one illness, one something, something away. So, which is the whole idea of when you came back to majority of Nigerians are in poverty, and Nigeria now has the most place of extreme poverty. So you know, and an acting to Nigeria, so also is the hardest place to bridge from poor to wealthy right so i don't know but just in all the statistics obviously everything kind of rides together i'm not sure why but even reading this post again my heart just broke all over again because i can't like i I put myself in the position of this man i mean i grew up pretty okay and then for something to just happen and i can't even afford to feed my kids well it's heartbreaking to be honest like i remember the first time i read the post and i still feel the exact same way now that i just reread it on on this kind of a tangent with this we need to really talk about family planning in this country man it's, it's almost like the guy doesn't have a lot of kids yes yeah, <laughs> i don't love kids I, I almost feel we need to do the china's one child policy type thing i guess you know, you're barely making it yourself and you're having two, three, four kids. It just doesn't make sense. You, you're just putting more toll on a society that cannot even deal with the people that they have. So it's like, you know, and you obviously you're seeing what is crunched together for all to make your kids, you know, succeed. Well, by having one or two at tops, you keep at least you will to narrow your resources and really, you know, when I listen to what people are paying for, I know somebody paying four point. Five million naira per um, semester. Is this semester the call for tr- for uh, for primary school children too? Mm-hmm. For for their primary school kids, and they're like, you know what? I'm doing this because I want my child to have the best. I know I, I can I don't tell my father or my, my mother what I'm paying for my child's school fees because they are going to like knock me over the head. But she's like, I just have to give him an edge. And, and yeah, but, so but you know, people are actually very sentimental because I remember under the image of this man because he has three kids. Um, somebody put imagine how lonely he felt because he was an only child. Someone was like, Imagine how lonely he felt when both his parents died. Who knows? Maybe that's why he had more than one child so that because you know, it's it's a common thing in Nigeria where they say so the other sibling isn't lonely. And then somebody said, You know, if you cannot give them the gift of uh, riches, mm. <laughs> you can't give them the gift of. Company. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but this thing is not funny. Oh my <laughs> so that, so that they will never feel. They can't feel lonely. <laughs> so they all sorry. They can't put come 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 they're hungry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but have you seen? Honestly, I, when I was coming to Sosis House, I saw a couple of kids playing football outside. There's this type of joy here that you see. <laughs> I hate to use the word poor <laughs> in poor people when they are together, especially the children, and they are playing. They are so happy. They don't like all the while of the world for that moment. I don't think it has to do with poor anything. It's just children being children. No, I'm not even saying no, no, not just children. Even okay, for instance, now let's use your your yes man. He's happy when he's in the midst of his friends. You guys, that's something to say about loneliness and being alone. And to be fair, forget comments on Instagram. I've actually heard parents say it, like especially parents who like they were the only kids. They were like, you know, it was so lonely growing up. So they said to themselves they'll have at least two children so that oh man now you come to play with. <laughs> so you know But honestly, that's if you're not from a family that thinks that your cousins are demons and witches. Because yes. Nigerian families are full of shit, to be honest. I don't know. But, if if um, if, 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 if a society that is planning and no, I get what you're saying, in, but this was a bit many, of comic relief in the comment section. Yeah, but um, I know that I, who knows? Actually, let me not say that. Let me positive. It was really amazing that Brandon could help out these people who were in need paying their school fees there's the guy who needed who wanted to go to seminary he put him in a seminary yeah honestly i'm sure in the lives of these people they will always thank the god in heaven who 
who allowed this Oyimbo man to come to them, take a picture, and you know, because obviously he doesn't make it known that the immediate thing he's going to do is help you. If not, everybody will be forming one story or the other. But you can imagine how the lives of okay, he interviewed 20 people, so maybe out of 15 of them, because 15 of them, you know, I need, but he has changed the lives of these 15 people, and I'm sure they are forever grateful. Someone even made a joke about how Nigeria is going to be the one to finish all the money that he has been getting for donations because it was just one story after the other. So you know. So so you read the Ghanaian because he's in Accra, Ghana now. Yeah. And you read the Ghana. So reading the Ghanaian stories, are you seeing a distinction between Ghanaians? Because if you want to look at this New York thing as portraits of the cities he goes to, are you seeing like you know people how people and they've never been to Ghana before, but people talk it up and just it seems different so are you seeing the, i saw uh, a distinction only once and that's when there was a guy who was trying to solve electrical subsidy and you know they were like there's always like which which um, electrical which electricity issues are you trying to i don't understand so he said um he was thinking about a way to save waste and turn it into to me that made it seem more like nigeria not outside it seemed like it's the same thing as nigeria because that even that was even counter to what I thought because he said that he's trying to, there's there's a lot of waste and there's erratic power so he was thinking of a way to put um, generate power from the so waste. He tried to do waste. Let me read it to you guys. My father mm. wants me to work in government, but I think there are plenty of problems we can solve ourselves. So I'd rather be an entrepreneur. Two issues we have in this country are erratic power and excess trash. I'm sorry. So, so recently, so my point, I've been dreaming. Well, just hold up. So my point is that to me that story is putting Accra the same as Lagos. Actually, no, this is what I'm saying. Power. I don't know if you finished it. It says the technology exists, but this morning I had a meeting with the electrical company and they told me that power supply is currently stable. Nigeria cannot post in your in your house now. Many times I've been taking light. How stable is the light? So my point is that he in his post, he talked about trash and he talked about the erratic power. No. I, That's so what he said. I said that. To me, it reminded me about how we have a long way to go with electricity in this country. No, my, 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 my question was reading the post in Ghana, reading the post in, in, in Accra, post in Lagos. If, if you talk about tales of two cities, are they running in parallel? Are they on two different planes? I feel like they're almost parallel because to me, it shows that similar things are happening in different countries. Well, okay, let me not use different countries in Nigeria and Ghana. People are suffering. People are losing their parents and all of a sudden being thrown into squalo. People are looking for a way to improve things. I mean, there have been stories on both sides about that. People are talking about culture. There's the woman in Ghana who spoke about the Bible too, although it was in a different, um, what's it called? In a different context. I feel like they're almost similar. I mean, I don't, he's still in Ghana, so he hasn't finished. I don't know if there's also police brutality in Ghana, but who knows, it might come up. Did you see the story of the Ghanaian guy that was beating the pregnant woman? No, I didn't see it. Didn't, didn't, a couple uh, of months ago. I'm, I'm, did, you, um, did we not talk about I guess we didn't talk about it on the podcast. No, we didn't talk about so it. There's, so to me, reading this and just reading Ghanaian story, Nigerian story, Accra and Lagos, I've never been there before, but I'm like, it, I, don't see this, I don't see the distinction. I don't see how Accra is better than Lagos. I haven't been there, so I can't talk. But no, they, sounds, they, they sound, say that their government is more. It's, it's, it's not as corrupt. Maybe, random but things it sounds like the same trash. It sounds like the same erratic power. It sounds like the same poverty. And what was interesting, I saw a poll where you had the same amount of Ghanaians and Nigerians who had the chance they would leave the country. Which was uh, uh, I was expecting the Ghanaian. Actually, no, the Ghanaian number was actually higher. A higher percentage of Niger- Ghanaians actually said they would rather leave than Nigerians, which was an outstanding poll to me. When thinking of how great, you know, I think the people. I say feel Ghana like is. Africans in general want to leave Africa, so there would never be like it would never be surprising if I saw like a high poll from another African country saying half of them want to leave. Africans just are generally... Over 70% in Ghana, I was yeah. surprised. Africans are on a max exodus out of Africa because in general, Africa is just seen and perceived as... Well, West Africa. In, West Africa. In West Africa. I want to change to West Africa, actually. West Africa is just... At first, I was thinking about Africa and whole and how you know people just see Africa as one poor continent. But no, West Africans are, are suffering, man. I'm not sure if West Africans have it worse. West Africans are actually more of the poorer, uh, more of the richer parts because we're by the coast, we're exposed to the ports, 
all those landlocked countries are the ones, all the sub-Saharan Africa. Those are where the real poverty is. When you're landlocked, you, 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 have, you have to deal with other countries to get things in. You don't, you don't share a, a, a seaport. Because when you, wherever you have a seaport, you're able to interact with other people. You're able to bring goods. And that really um, boosts your economy. If you go check the economy of any landlocked country, it's always going to be very tough. Anyway, but I think that one thing that Humans of NY does, it tries to show us how we are all similar in different ways, but at the same time, how we should also be grateful for certain things and certain privileges that we have. For instance, I remember like a recurring theme from, for some of the stories in Egypt where about how the women were fighting to be liberated or you know to do this and do that and i remember someone would be like wow you know for here i take for granted how as a woman i'm free to you know yeah so so that's what i'm saying so So, when you talk about egypt and his stories there you can tell they were women-centric and they were really and children-centric children-centric and really dealing with your pressure which totally makes sense muslim city we know um women's rights are really um low mm-hmm. and down their list from outside perspective. although to be honest i'll be very honest because i'm looking at it again even though there were it was women and um but i realized there were a couple of men too who also almost like what we're talking about like in yeah, nigeria yeah, and ghana sprinkles it around yeah and i'm saying that if you so. read through the whole thing you can see you, you can tell he's not doing this thing arbitrary like i just said with nigeria you could see he captured pretty much all the kind of stories that we feel on a daily basis and he kind of went around the whole thing and kind of put it together our religion our corruption our um, police brutality the, the 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 poverty you know then obviously he puts the stories of some people trying to do different things right you have the, the lady with the blood donation you have the woman who went out by herself and was able to you know start a Start a ad agency and get that landed Coca Cola and, and landed a big agent for our first mm. as our first client. So he sprinkled it all around. So it was cool. I mean, yeah. So like I said, it just reminds us about how similar we are and how different we are too in some ways and how you know be grateful i remember there was one i saw on um two siblings and then i immediately ran to my brother and i said how come you don't do this for me and they're like please i beg so yeah i i really like humans of ny always been a fan will always be a fan yeah just to wrap it up it makes sense i think just thinking about it and not all i know is what you've told me Obviously, in New York, as we know, it's a busy city and people are just... And it's a part of different cultures. And people are just moving up and down and, you know, nobody says hi. I just brushing against shoulders and he probably wanted... We're just thinking... Because I do sometimes, yeah, in your car, you see somebody walking on the street and you wonder, what is that person's story? I feel that way all the what, time. What is that person doing? You just drive your own, but that person is... In, like I just said, everybody's a star in his own movie. You are the leading actress, you are the leading actor. Because it's your story, everything that rolls around you, and that's how everybody is. So anyway, um, shout out to the NY guy, and um, we love you, Brandon. Well, I do. I don't know about those. Yeah, and this, uh, I think, to me, the big takeaway is uh, let's not lose our humanity. Let's not get too numb to this feeling of um, poverty and just detection and just you know still have the spirit to move on i think that one thing i do is i always relate my um relate these stories to myself so like i don't wish some of these evils on myself but like the women for instance if they say oh you know this happened like the one that said she was raped by her cousin in my head i would think god what if this happened to me so that's how i try to still be human and still stay sensitive to these issues so maybe some of them some of us should try it like what if this was us or what if this was our brother or our sister that's what we call empathy yeah so um i'm going to do something a little bit different today i'm not juro uh this one goes uh good morning i'm so sorry to bother you but i need you to help me ask your followers on what to do in this situation i had a baby boy when i was 20 but the man was not ready at the time and he abandoned us I had to defer semester and have my kid and after that afterwards i dropped him with my parents who were extremely supportive and took care of him while i went back to school to finish up i'm 27 now and he's seven i started dating this great man he has a son too but his wife died he takes care of us myself and my son 
But recently, my son's dad came back begging, saying he was scared then. That's why he left. He has been trying to be responsible and also said he wants to marry me. I know it may sound stupid, but I want to have my kids for one man, but I don't know what, if I should trust him because of what he has done in the past. I am at a crossroad. Do I go with my son's dad or my boyfriend? I'll be in the comment section. Thanks. What do you think? I feel like... So I want this kid to have a relationship with his dad and that's what I'm going to say. I feel like she should find a way for her kid and his dad to have a relationship. But I'm not necessarily of the opinion that she should go with the guy. Because I mean... I'm not saying that people don't change but you cannot just up and leave someone who has cared for you and your son when nobody else was there for you and then just okay i won't say when nobody was there for you because i don't know the food dynamics but when the father of your son wasn't there for you and then because he's come back and he said his story you're just going to leave this guy and go so i would advise that you find a way for father and son to have a relationship but i don't think that i advocate just getting up and leaving i don't know well, I get, you know, what stuck with me when I read it said, I know it may sound stupid, but I want to have my kids for one man. So I mean, I get it, but... So, that stuck with me because it just, to me, just screams of caring about what other people think. It just screams of being afraid of a judgmental society. You know, that's what that screams of. Because what, what does it matter if it's, if it's another man? you have kids for another man or another man as long as he loves and raises your son like he is his is his own that's all that should count but obviously because of the stigma we put in society about that kind of things and probably the people around and whatever it is uh, she she's she's afraid of that and obviously i get it the, the fairy tale would be to get back with your you know father of your um the son of your father <laughs> the son of your father yeah, um, your father's um, your the son. The father of your son. Yeah, the father of your son, and you know, be a family for real, and you know, two-parent household, and he grows up in a loving home that way. So that would be the dream, and you know, it's a tough one to say because if you know you're both young, I'm guessing maybe if I guess you're both the same age, you're twenty, you're twenty, and you know he wasn't mine enough. You guys are messing around and. It wasn't man enough for the results or the consequences of your guys' action, and now all of a sudden he's a man. Maybe he, uh, people are allowed to change, people are allowed to grow, people are allowed to become better people. Where you are five years, my number way now, you m make mistakes, you learn from your mistakes, and you learn. So if 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 he has learned, if he's back, and if you guys still have love for each other, there's no harm. Um, you know, there's no, there's no harm trying to be together. But on the other hand, don't let what other people are saying, um, don't let society stigma or want to live a fairy still let you go get yourself back into a bad situation if, you know, you being with this other man makes you happy. So that's, that, that's what I'm saying. You have to look within, make sure whatever you're doing is for you and not because of societal judgment and you want to live this um, perfect life and really think about you know who really cares about you who really wants to be there for you and you know what works for you i mean there's so many even honestly i didn't even think about this till you started waxing lyrical about how he was young he wasn't ready so clearly for the guy to come back and say he wants to be a part of you know child's life means that you guys have always had contacts in one way or the other but i didn't hear anything about him donating to the upbringing of this child it's a short story. We don't know the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm talking based on the story. Like you always say, let's talk based on what we have. If this guy never contributed to the upbringing of this child and then all of a sudden he just comes back and he says, I mean, you honestly have to wonder at the end of the day if this is the right move for you. Because to me... Obviously, she's wondering. That's how she's writing a letter. No, I'm saying no wonder. I'm, I don't mean about what to do. I mean about the guy because if somebody has been in contact with you never for one said because i'd like to believe that in the story she'd have said oh he's actually been taking care of the kid too but I'm not sure she he's been emphasized in he, he disappeared and he just showed up and people, then, people ghost and anyway, they come back anyway 
I just think that you should stay with the guy who's been helping because not a lot of men will raise another person's child as their own, especially in this judgment judgmental society where we live in. And I just feel like you've been happy, he's helped you with your kid, he's loved you, he's he's been there. And honestly, sometimes, especially when you get older, you realize that stability and um what's that word? Is it assurance? <laughs> I can't I don't know what I'm looking for. Is what you need. You don't need if you get back with it with your ex, you always wonder is he going to just get up and leave one day and you don't need that kind of stress in your life. It's a tough what one. if you have another kid and he decides, Oh my god, I I am actually actually wasn't prepared for this since apparently he wasn't prepared for the first one and that's when he disappeared. I mean because there are people who have kids when they're not expecting to have kids and then they man up no matter how young they are and you know, they do what they need to do, they hustle harder. So it's a tough one. This is my this is my um advice. He say he wants to get back his bag, you guys go into some kind of therapy. Doesn't have mean you guys are getting together. Walk through the past, walk through the future. During that therapy session, if it's really open and you guys are really able to explore the relationship, it, even if it doesn't work out between you guys, you guys will be able to resolve the past and the future. And at worst, you guys become um, the best co-parents you can be. And if everything works out perfectly, maybe you guys get together and you guys have the dream family that you want. And with that, we've gotten to the end of another Goodbye Gang um, podcast. Uh, follow us on social media. It's Goodbye Gang on Instagram, Goodbye Gang on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. And uh, see you next week. Please leave a comment. Let's hear from you. We like to hear from you. Spread goodbye, Joe. This one for if your girl a look good and she never boring Then you know that a really good vibe And she cook your good food and she always caring Then you know that a really good vibe If your man need a love you real good in a bed Then you know that a really good vibe And him a give you full satisfaction my girl Then you know that a really good vibe